Father God, we are so grateful and thankful for what you've done through Jesus Christ, and we, we place ourselves in him. We find our righteousness in him, not through our own works, but by your grace alone. So God, thank you for that. We worship you today. We turn our hearts and our minds towards you in all things, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Oh, good morning. It is so good to gather with you from a distance. Uh, thanks so much for spending a little bit of time today joining with us for worship. We believe worship is all about turning your heart and your mind toward God. It's not about a building. It's not about the music. It's about the posture of the heart and the mind turned back to God, giving him both our attention and our affections, which he deserves all of it. Now, we as a church, we're a community. We're a community of people following Jesus, learning to love, and we always like to get to know each other a little bit. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. And the question of the day to help us get to know each other a little bit better, and you can comment over on the side, let us know your answer to this question. Can you remember and name the mascots from your elementary school, middle school, if you had a middle school in those days, and your high school? Can you remember the mascots, and can you name the mascots from your elementary school, middle school, high school? What do you got? Anybody? Yes, we were the Cardinals in elementary school, the Raiders, and the Vikings. Nice. Yeah. We were the Vikings, our elementary school. So we were already at your level when I was in elementary school. Roadrunners, troopers. Didn't have any middle school. I'm too old for that. Roadrunners and troopers. I like it. What else? What do we got? Uh, Crusaders. Okay. Elementary and middle school, and then the Hawks. For high school. Crusaders and Hawks. I think mine was the Coyotes, the Cougars, and the Wolves. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Rob, your high school. Highland Scots. The Scots. Mm -hmm. Which is it, a little. We like wore kilts and had bagpipes. A and... little interesting. The Highland Scots. Yeah. That's intimidating. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what was yours? Uh, let us know where it was. You know, where was your high school, elementary school? And uh, what were the mascots? And there's a reason we're doing that. We'll, we'll jump in uh, a little bit later. Number of things going on around McDowell. And uh, as you know, there uh, are some uh, restrictions that have kind of run up here in the, in the state. So the at-home order has, has expired. There's a lot of different things opening. Uh, our staff is busy uh, looking at all the questions involved when it comes to what does it look like for us to gather again in person, which we're so excited about. That's our goal is to get back together again. And we're walking through all the questions of what does it look like for us to do that. Our student ministry team and our children's ministry team has been uh, really focusing on how can they do summer a little bit differently, make some adjustments to continue ministry throughout the summer. They've got some great plans that they're putting together. Camp Create is still going to happen. Uh, they moved the first week offering to the end of the summer. So we have two options at the end of the summer. And uh, those who had already registered are getting first dibs on which one they want to be a part of. But I believe the registration opens here in the next couple of days. So you'll be able to jump in and uh, register your kids for Camp Create coming up. Uh, middle school camp has some incredible opportunities for the summer. I am super pumped. I might even be a counselor for their camp. It's going to be so good. And it's coming at the end of the summer. Again, had to make some adjustments. And then the high school camp will also be at the end of the summer. So some plans that will be rolling out here in the next week or two, some adjustments. I know our middle school and high school ministry, uh, they'll begin their, their pool parties, their backyard parties in June. So that's coming up. We've got three interns who are going to be 
on site with us here at McDowell this summer, which we're super excited about. So a lot of different things going on. Something that I want to let you know about that's coming up uh, in the fall. So I know we've got some time, but I'm super excited about it. I was talking to Don Doe this week, and we've been running a pilot program um, called Reengage, and it's a marriage enrichment uh, uh, journey, really, for couples. And I am so excited about kicking this off in the fall. And so if you're a married couple and you've been thinking about, hey, what are some ways that we can just enhance our marriage? What are some things we can do just to, to pour into and invest in our marriage? This is going to be an incredible opportunity for you. We can't wait to kick it off this fall. It'll begin either in August or September, but be, be looking for those details. Uh, we have a new journal coming out here in just a couple of weeks. We're excited to get that into your hands for the summer. Our summer series is called Life as Liturgy, and it's about what are, the, what are the practices that we can put into place that help root us in Christ no matter the circumstances of life, which we think is the perfect time to begin to put those things uh, into our lives. Now, if you want to jump into one of these things, if you have questions about any of them, you can ask right now in the chat bar over to uh, the right. And uh, we also have a digital connection card, communication card at mcdowell.church slash card. And you can uh, give us any prayer requests that you have. Let us join you. It'd be an honor to pray for you. We have uh, a number of people who are, who are looking through these and praying over these each and every week. If you have questions, you can use that card to ask questions. And then registrations are available at mcdowell.church slash events. You can find all the different events and registrations um, in that place. And hey, I just want to again say thank you to those of you who are giving faithfully to further the ministry and the mission that God has given us here at McDowell. So thankful for your generosity, so uh, grateful for what God is doing through our faithfulness and giving and the, the ways that we can continue to contribute to our missional partners, uh, both here locally and globally. So thank you for doing that. If you want to jump in today, mcdowell.church slash give is the place that you can jump in. You can also mail a check to, to the church or drop it off this week. Our office is beginning to open up each and every day. And also, uh, I think I mentioned this this week uh, in, our, in our update, the coffee shop is now open again. And one of the, way, yeah, one of the things that, uh, that we would love to do is see you, if you're coming in to grab coffee or tea or a smoothie, our staff will be in the office beginning this next week. If you'll send us a text or an email, let us know that you're coming. We would love to slip out. We miss you so much. We'd love to see you. And so let us know that you're coming. We'll try to jump into the lobby and say hi from a distance, the appropriate distance, and uh, maybe even have a coffee with you. So uh, just know that that's here. The playground is now open in the back, and it's a, uh, it's a great place for kids to, to spend some time outside these last couple weeks before it gets crazy hot out there. Now, today is normally the day in our, in our church calendar that we celebrate the graduates from McDowell. And it's always a great and a, and a fun day, a lot of energy around it. And I started thinking about my graduation from high school. Do you guys remember your graduation from high school? Um, I mean, you've already said it was a long time ago, but long time ago. You'll have to reel back there and, and, and get to it. But I remember our graduation was, was scheduled at, um, at Oak Mountain State Park. It's, it was called, uh, it was an amphitheater, so it was an outdoor concert venue, which meant it was a huge audience. So anybody could come to our graduation. It was, it was an awesome opportunity for families and friends to get together, celebrate the graduates. 
Well, as that day got closer and closer, we realized that the weather wasn't lining up as we had hoped that it was going to line up. And they had to, at the last minute, because of thunderstorms, move our graduation from an outdoor amphitheater, which we were all stoked about, to a little church building because they couldn't get the school ready in time, a little church building down the street. And we were given only a limited number of tickets for family members to come. And I remember how disappointed I was that people who had traveled in town or friends weren't able to join us for graduation. And this week, as I was thinking, I was thinking that pales in comparison to what our current graduates are experiencing. I mean, that was just one day. And the graduates who are walking to the end of this chapter in their life, they've lost out on so many experiences over the last few months. And so graduates, we, our heart breaks with you. We, we mourn with you some of the things that you're mourning in this season, but we still celebrate and rejoice with you because you have made it to the end of that chapter, which means there is an opening and a new door and a new pursuit for you, a path that God has for you. So we celebrate you today. I was thinking, you know, are there any stories in the Bible about high school graduations that we could talk about today? And unfortunately, there aren't. And then I was thinking, okay, well, there, are there any stories about kids leaving home? And I was reminded of like one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture, and it's told in the Gospel of Luke. Luke records this story, and it's a story about a couple of kids and a father, and, the, and the, uh, one of the kids decides, hey, I want my inheritance early. And um, that's kind of like college tuition these days. But I want my inheritance early. Give me what I'm going to get one of these days, and I'm going to go off and live my life however I want to live my life. And so it's an interesting story. And this son takes from his dad uh, what his inheritance would be in the future. And it's almost as if he's saying to his dad, I wish you were dead so I could go ahead and get my money and move on with life. And so he takes some money, and the Bible says he wastes it in just wild and reckless living. I mean, just crazy stuff. He spends his money on parties and women and all that kind of stuff. And he comes to the end of the money, and he realizes he has no friends anymore. Everybody has left him, and he, he, he hits rock bottom. And he hits rock bottom, and he, he, he wakes up and realizes one day, hey, the servants back at my dad's house, they live better than I'm living right now. I should go back and become a servant. To my father and so the son gets up and he heads back to the father and you would think uh, if if it was us we might as a father stand with our arms crossed just shaking our head at the son saying you know you wasted i told you you shouldn't do it you wasted everything i gave you now what yeah you, i guess you can be one of my servants but no that's that's not the story the story is of a father who comes running to his son as soon as he sees him coming down the path and he embraces him, and the son like fall, falls to the ground, and the dad picks him up and embraces him and says, no, 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 quit, quit your story. I, it doesn't matter anymore. What was lost is now found. You were gone. You were dead. Now you're alive again. And he throws him a party. And as I was thinking about that in relation to uh, students who are graduating and moving on to another chapter, there are three things that uh, if, if I could tell you anything, you know, if, if this was a graduation speech, or if it was a, a parent to a child or a pastor uh, to, to one of the congregation or the, the community members, these are the three things I would want you to know. Number one is this. God loves you more than, than you could ever imagine. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been or where you're headed to in the future. Like, God loves you still. 
And I hope you'll never forget that. Regardless of where you go and what you pursue and, and what your life begins to look like, I hope you will always be reminded of the father who embraces the child who returns home with an amount of love that is uh, unfathomable. Like that's how much God loves you. The second thing is this, is that God will never give up on you. And that's some good news for us. I mean, it's good news for us as adults too, isn't it? Like that God will never give up on us. Like our pathway is rarely kind of the straight and narrow path, right? Our pathway usually takes some detours and veers off to the left and the right, and we, we're awakened to the reality of getting back. But the truth is, your heavenly Father, God, is one who doesn't just love you, but he continues to pursue you and never gives up on you. And I hope you'll never forget that. That as you move on to this next chapter, not only do you have a, a, a God who loves you, but you have a God who will never give up on you wherever you find yourself. And then the third thing that I hope you'll never forget is this, is that you can trust God. You can trust God with, with everything. You know, the son who returns home and he's so weighed down by shame and regret, it, it's the son who is then picked up by the father. And a, a reminder that the son can trust the father, the love of the father, the grace of the father, the pursuit of the father. And I want you to know, graduates today, and I want all of us to be reminded we're loved by our Heavenly Father. He doesn't give up on us. And we can trust Him in all things. We can trust God. So graduates, today we celebrate with you. I want to say a prayer of blessing over you now. And um, I want you to know that, that we are with you. Like you're not alone. We are for you. We're with you we're in, your, in your corner. We're celebrating you today. Whether you're graduating from high school or college or graduate school, we celebrate you today. So let's, uh, let's pray together for our graduates, just a prayer of blessing. So Father God, we are so grateful. We're so grateful for your love and your grace and your mercy. We're grateful and we're so thankful for these graduates who have walked through this chapter in their lives and have made it to the finish line. And God, I know there's some disappointment with what this moment looks like, but God, still there is great celebration. And so God, we celebrate each one of these graduates, their accomplishments, their perseverance. God, we, we, we celebrate them today, and we pray your blessings on them. We, we pray that they would experience your, your peace, your wisdom, your direction as they walk into a new season of their lives. God, we pray that you would surround them with your presence, that you would fill them with your presence, and that, that you would pour out your blessings on their lives. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Walking through this series, looking at uh, a letter that was written by Paul to an early church in, in northern Greece called Philippi. And uh, just some, some quick uh, reminders that, that Philippi was a, was a city that was kind of reclaimed by the Roman world, Caesar Augustus. And, and those, the people who lived in that city, the residents of that city, became Roman citizens. So this newfound citizenship for them meant something. They, it, it, there were some expectations with it, but there was also some power and some status that they had received that they had not experienced before this time. So they were now Roman citizens. So Paul is writing to this group of, of early Christians, and he's reminding them uh, of their citizenship, not here on earth, but their citizenship of heaven. 
and he's reminding them of the, the one who really brings freedom, the one who really brings peace, is, is not Caesar. So Caesar is not Lord, but rather Jesus is Lord. Like Jesus is at the center of all things. And they, they're probably wrestling with all of these questions of how do we live in a world where we do have Roman citizenship and we have some status here and, and we have life with people who maybe not, don't believe like us and see things like we do. And we have a Caesar that we're supposed to pledge our allegiance to, but, but, but now you're reminding us that Jesus is Lord and he's our king. And what do we do with all of that? How do we live in this world when we can't control the circumstances of this world? And so what I want to do today to wrap up our study of, of this letter, the, the book of Philippians, is I want to walk through and remind us of four things that, that I believe are kind of the key truths that I think we should walk away being reminded of these, allowing these truths to settle down in our hearts and our minds, and to change the way that we live the lives in which we live here in, in Fountain Hills and Scottsdale and Phoenix in, in this part of the world in this current cultural moment. So the first thing is joy. I mean, throughout the book, in fact, he uses the word for joy or rejoice just so many different times. And, and he says some things like this. He says, whatever circumstances, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Not rejoicing in the circumstances. Now, if you're like me, you're really missing sports right now. John, are you missing the NBA yet? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. You're missing yeah. sports. And one of the beauties of sports is, is you celebrate with the winning teams. I mean, some of you maybe are watching uh, The Last Dance with Jordan and those different things, and you're, you're getting ready for the, the, new, the, the golf things that are about to happen, and you're going to rejoice and celebrate those kind of things. But, but Paul reminds us, not just it's not about the circumstances of life, but we have to learn how to rejoice in the Lord, no matter the circumstances. And then he comes at the end of the letter, and he says, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I'm going to say it again, just so you don't forget, rejoice. It's just this constant reminder that, that joy is a choice for us. We can choose joy. And joy, making that choice, is, is a choice to see and trust God no matter the immediate circumstances of our lives. That we can see that God is present and we trust that God is present and that God is in control no matter the immediate circumstances of, of our lives. And so Paul was saying to that early church, and I think he would remind us of this, to choose joy. No matter what you're walking through in this current moment, you can choose joy. So throughout the letter, you find this, this reminder to choose joy. All right, the second thing. So joy is the first. The second thing is humility. Humility. Now, humility is a difficult thing in our world. It was a difficult thing in that world because it was all about your independence and, and individualism, and, and it's still true today. Uh, it's why Facebook and Instagram are so popular, because we like to put on those, those platforms pictures, the best pictures of us, not the worst, and, and we like to build ourselves up in that way. It's one of the reasons, like Facebook, early on, that, that whole little like button there, it was so important to them to get the like button, because they knew that did something internally to us, like we want likes. Like, I want to get as many likes as I possibly can. And so we put pictures up, and, and humility is, is not a value that is widely held in our culture today. And so Paul, writing to this culture and, and these early Christians, he says this to them. He said, look, don't be, don't be selfish. Don't, don't try to 
live your life just impressing others. Now, that's a good message just for us in our culture today, for our students, but also for us as adults. You know, don't be selfish. Don't try to just impress others. And then he says, be humble. Like, think of others as, as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but begin to, like, see the interests and the needs of other people, and then, like, lean into that, in, into what other people need. And then he goes on to say, your attitude should be the very same as, as Christ Jesus, who even though he had equality with God, he didn't hold on to that, but he laid that aside, willingly became a human, like a slave, and then died a death on the cross that he didn't deserve. So he's telling us, he's saying, look, humility uh, is, 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 is not, as C.S. Lewis said, it's not thinking less of yourself as much as it is thinking of yourself less and thinking of others more, like elevating other people. And um, I think he would say, hey, we've got to practice humility in our lives. We've got to, we've got to practice the things that, that help us identify, listen for, hear what's going on around us, and then we do all that we can to encourage and lift up the people around us. So choose joy, no matter the circumstances. Practice humility each and every day. Don't just try to impress other people. Uh, don't just think about your own interests. Think about the interests of others. And then in chapter 3, Paul goes on this rant about how if, if anyone has like this, this status or position, it should be him. He's done everything right. He's followed the law to a T. And, and then he makes this powerful statement that all of this religion, this religious activity, that he has felt like has given him status, he now says, I think this is all worthless. It's junk. It's garbage. When compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. And then he says, I want to know Christ. Like, I want, with everything I am, I want to know Jesus, and I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. In some way, I'm going to enter into his death, and then enter into his resurrection. So Paul is saying, I want to know Jesus with everything I am. Now, I know we get tired of me saying this. This is like something I say over and over. And, and, and a lot of times I'm saying it to myself as, as much as I am to anyone else. If I miss Jesus, I miss everything. So often I get caught up in what I do as giving me status before God, but it's just not true. Like Jesus is all that matters. And if I miss Jesus, then I miss everything. So, choose joy. Practice humility. Know Jesus. Like, lean into that relationship with Jesus, that personal relationship. And then, the piece that I, I really didn't get to last week, that we kind of left for the end, that I said, you know, I, we kind of ran out of time, is one of the most important lessons and most difficult lessons that we have, especially in our current culture. And it has everything to do with contentment. Contentment. And uh, Paul pens in this little, this little section, he pens what has become a, a pretty famous Bible verse, a lot of times used in, in athletic competition. Uh, many of you will know it when I get to it. But th this is how he begins this little section. He said, I have learned, Paul has learned, how to be content with whatever it is that I have. And he says, I know how to, to live on almost nothing, and I know how to live with everything. Well, that's the easier of the two sides, right? Maybe. Uh, and then he says, I've learned the secret of living in every 
situation, whether I have a full stomach or empty stomach, this, this, this concept of, of contentment. And here's the verse that we all like to use in, in different environments. He says, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You, you remember this verse? You know this verse? It's, it's kind of one of those that's used a lot of times when it's like, I'm going through difficult times, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I know that we're in last place and we're playing the number one team, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so we use this verse in that way almost to, to encourage ourselves and to try to strengthen and motivate ourselves. But what Paul is talking about when he's penning this letter has nothing to do with overcoming Goliath. It's not about a David and Goliath story. What Paul is penning this letter for and what he's saying is that contentment is learned when you lean into what we find in Christ. I can do all things. I can live with a little and I can live with a lot. I can live with freedom and I can live in jail. I can live with a full stomach when I have everything that I need and I can live when I have an empty stomach and I don't know where the next meal is coming from. How can I do this? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That idea, that concept of contentment in a world that is built on marketing and advertising and trying to convince us that we don't have everything that we need is so difficult and contentment is the thing that frees us from the endless pursuit of more and better. And that's usually the pursuit of our lives, to get just a little bit more, to get something that's just a little bit better. And you know when I'll be happy, you know the definition of enough, I'll be happy when I get just a little bit more than I have right now and that's a moving target. So I think Paul would say to that early group of Christians and he would say to us that uh, we need to learn contentment. And we learn contentment by leaning in to Jesus, trusting that we can do all things through Christ who actually strengthens us with his spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the spirit that strengthens us in the moments when we have much and the moments when we have little. When we're fighting battles, that we can't see the victory and the other side. And when we're on the mountaintop celebrating the joy of, of the day. Choose joy. Choose joy in your life. I, I think choosing joy, that, that daily choice that, that we are given to not focus on our circumstances, but to, to trust God to see God in those moments. Choose joy every single day. Practice humility. Know Jesus. And then learn contentment. I, I love this letter. And I think it's one that we should come back to again and again and again. I hope that you've spent some time reading it and allowing it to sink into your mind. You can do it this week. So It's such a short little letter, and highlight it, underline it. You can write in your Bible. You can open your Bible. You can write in it. It's okay. I think it actually honors God sometimes when we write in there and remind ourselves. I'm just so thankful for the words of Paul that point us to Jesus in all circumstances. So God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we're not alone, that the Spirit surrounds us, works in us, among us, through us, and God, we choose to trust you today above all else. In Jesus' name. Yeah, there are times when I read through scripture, like the, the letter that Paul writes, and I find myself overcome a little bit with guilt. 
and shame because I fall so short of, of some of those, uh, those, those ideas, you know, the idea of, of choosing joy in all circumstances. I find myself falling short of that. I don't know if, if, if you feel the same. And, and the idea of humility and calling us to be humble in, in all things, to think of others, I find myself falling short of that. And here's what I want you to know. Anytime you feel, you, you feel guilt, that's not from God. Guilt and shame is from the enemy. Grace and encouragement comes from the Father through the Spirit. And that encouragement is to lean into Jesus, to find grace and forgiveness, but then also to find the power to live differently in the, in the future. Like the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that, that, that leads us to choose joy the next time we have an opportunity and to practice humility when we have the opportunity. And when we fall short, again, we lean into the grace of Jesus. We're not overcome by guilt. We don't throw up our hands and just give up. We, we lean into the grace of Jesus. And then by the power of the Spirit, we're changed and transformed to become new kinds of people. And the whole concept is that none of us, not one of us, can live up to the perfection that Christ did. But God doesn't expect that out of us, right? He sees, when he looks at us, he sees Christ, the righteousness of Christ. And that's good news. Look, the God who began a good work in you is the same God who's going to continue that work in you by his spirit, which is good news for all of us. So I hope that you rest in that. That as you read through a letter like Philippians, anytime you, you hit a moment where you feel, feel this like heavy guilt that you realize that's, that's from the enemy. I need to lean into the grace of Jesus and trust that his spirit can give me the power to live differently in the future. That you would continue to take those steps as the spirit leads and guides. Um, graduates, we rejoice with you today. We celebrate you today. Uh, though it doesn't look like maybe what you thought it would look like, uh, the truth is you have still accomplished and achieved something great. So we celebrate you and we're with you, we're for you. McDowell is your home. You always have a home in this place and within this community. Now I want to end our series, close our series and our time today um, with a passage of scripture, the end of Philippians, where, where Paul is penning to those in, in, in Philippi, he says to them, now may the grace of our Lord Jesus, may it be with you in your spirit. So may God's grace be with you in your spirit.